Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. There's no doubt that Patrick Mahomes is just on a different level. There's no doubt that Patrick Mahomes is putting himself in the same conversation as some of the greatest. The question is, how much does the way he plays Sunday matter to that conversation? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. HD, hear me out. This is where I remind everybody loudly because whenever I say anything that could even be slightly Patrick Mahomes, anti-Patrick Mahomes, I get blown up on Twitter by here. Just it's okay, it. Katie. Katie gonna get you. Now you Katie can play with me. Katie yeah, if yeah. you want to. Katie, Katie called earlier. <laughs> let me let me be so loud and clear here. I fully want to acknowledge Patrick Mahomes is better than any Raiders quarterback I've seen in my lifetime. It, it's easy, uh, actually, in my mind to look at it and say, hey, how can, how can you beat Mahomes? I have nothing but mad respect for Kansas City, for Andy Reid, and for Patrick Mahomes. In fact, I have, if anything, jealousy for how great they make it look. So yep. I say all of that because everybody wants to say I'm anti-Chiefs uh, anytime I say something that could slightly be negative to Mahomes. But let's be real. Eight quarters of Super Bowl action, one great quarter, seven, eh. And there's some reasons why, but you have to feel like there is some pressure going into this Super Bowl, right? Like, you, not just to, not not necessarily to win or to lose, but to play the way we see Patrick Mahomes play in every other game during the course of the season. Well, I'll take it a step further. I think it is pressure in regards to you look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes and you at some point I know he wants to be considered the greatest of all time, right? So if you want to train in that direction, what you must do is get to number two first, right? You got to get your second Super Bowl because uh, I'd say the last five or six years we've been harping on Aaron Rodgers and what he hasn't been able to do in winning the second Super Bowl. Now Patrick Mahomes has an opportunity to get number two at this moment. So yes, there is pressure in those regards, but as far as Patrick Mahomes uh, in this game overall, I think he just has to do what he normally does. And I don't think he has to, you know, be Superman within this game because I think it's more to this matchup than Patrick Mahomes being Superman. I think their screen game is going to have to be very efficient when you're dealing with a defensive line that can put their hand in the dirt. And it it was the number one pass rushing defense coming into the playoffs. You have one guy, Hassan Reddick, who has three and a half within the playoffs and definitely is a game record. You have to find ways from an offensive standpoint, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, to be balanced offensively to keep John Gannon and that defense of Philadelphia guessing just about every time you're out there. So we were just joking with Chris that called in. You got to listen to coach. Uh, All right. Make this make sense to me because last week, one thing that you said two weeks ago, one thing you said about Dak is that he was going to have to be great for the Cowboys to win. I mean, is it not fair to look at Patrick Mahomes and say, man, against a defensive front that can get after the quarterback that way with a defense that frankly can just disrupt everything. Mahomes is going to have to be great. Well, being great doesn't mean you have to throw for 400 yards. Okay. Being great means that you get you you get, you get the ball to the proper uh, place that you, within your reads on time. Being great is you know when you have a defensive end coming off the edge and you got to get the ball to the screen guy that you you find different arm angles to be able to get it to him. Being great is you know in a moment versus uh, the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl, you've seen a Patrick Mahomes hit a, a Tyreek Hill for that long play to put them in positions to be able to win that football game. That's being great. Being great necessarily doesn't mean individualize you're individualizing you know your stats. 
it's it's certain moments that you can be great in. And I just brought up that one with Dak Prescott with the, within that go route. That if he throws that mm. go route and hit CD Lamb and stride for a touchdown, the Cowboys go up seven in that game, and it's a different ball game, right? When you're going up seven points versus an offense who had struggled within the red zone. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. And as you speak about that, I keep saying this. And, and look, I'm long since on the side of wins are not a quarterback stat. Wins and losses, it takes a whole team. And a Super Bowl requires context. And one thing that you know we can provide at a microphone sometimes on a show is context to the whys and the hows, right? So I'm not yep. sitting here saying that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have to win this Super Bowl. In my mind, we have to see uh, really we have to see Mahomesian like play and. The last yeah. Super Bowl against Tampa Bay, that never stood a chance because the offensive line just wasn't there for him. And the Super Bowl before, they were playing to get great defense against San Francisco. Uh, it took him three quarters to get going, right? But he did yeah. get going. And and in fact, you know, Mahomes himself will tell you that this the loss in the Super Bowl is something that's still on his mind. He was talked he talked about it yesterday at Super Bowl Media Day. This is what he said about the loss to the Bucks. That loss, that stings. That motivates you for years, and uh, that's what it's done for me. Is it's motivated me to be back in this game again, um, and I want to make sure that I can have that winning feeling, not that losing one, because that, that losing feeling is one you'll never forget. I, I'm not sure you want to an angry Patrick Mahomes coming into this situation, but <laughs> there is a bend there, done that. Like we almost take for granted five straight championship games. This will be the third Super Bowl. I, I think there is proof of concept that plays into my mind of how to handle Super Bowl week and how to handle the prep and how to handle the timing of everything. The practices, the yep. ticket requests, all this stuff that bogs people down the first time. I, I think there's some element of, you know, it, normalcy in the process that could play a difference in a game that's going to be super tight. Yeah, I think one thing I think the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, along with Patrick Mahomes, uh, Eric Bieniemy, and Andy Reid, learned from that game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl is that, okay, when you have a defensive juggernaut and you have guys all over the defense on all levels that play at a very, very high level, you have to be able to take what the defense gives you. Gives you. They didn't do a good job of running the football in that game. And basically, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were daring them to run the football. They, they didn't do a great job of that. Now, also, a, 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 a way that Patrick Mahomes can be great is the run game being great as well, right? The run game being efficient in this game as long, along with the screen game. And I want to see who is going to be the one person not named Travis Kelsey that's able to make a player two to help propel them to a victory in this Super Bowl. It has to be somebody. In the AFC Championship game, it was Valdez Scantley. He stepped up tremendously and made play after play after play that was able to get them going. Patrick Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes. But I just don't think it could be Mahomes in this game. It has to be his surroundings as well in order to be a, a defensive juggernaut who's great at all three levels. Hear me out as you mentioned some of the running back needs here. Because you mentioned the running game needs to be efficient, right? I think yep. that's a really smart word by you. I would also argue that above and just above and beyond just saying the running game, I think running backs in this game need to be efficient, right? Like finding a way to use these running backs that's creative, that keeps Philly a little off edge. You've mentioned the screen game, and I think we both agree that's going to be a huge – for both offenses that are trying to slow down pass rushes that are just absolutely wrecking games, it seems like it makes a lot of sense whether it's screens or whether it's quick bubbles or whether I'm hitting puberty and my voice changes, whether it's like Texas routes – 
angles. Like it just feels like some sort of quick way to get the the ball to running backs is going to matter just to slow down the pass rush. Well, and also I'll, I'll say the screen games within the wide receivers, the screen game within the tight ends, the running backs. Also, you know, giving speed sweeps to, to to the to the wide receivers as well. Doing whatever you can in this matchup to keep that defense honest and keep that defense guessing because once you become one dimensional of versus the the the, the number one team and sacking the quarterback and they have boatloads of guys that they can sub in and out of that lineup to keep one another fresh. Once you get to a one-dimensional standpoint, it, 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 I, I think it might be doomsday for you at that point. It is wild how much different two and one in the Super Bowl feels than one and two. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the the perception yep. here. And and look, again, I'm going to be so clear that like Mahomes' legacy is still right in front of him. Like he's just started down the yellow brick road that's going to take him to the Wizard of Oz. I have no doubt that he's going to end up being one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time. When we get to that conversation, this is where Super Bowls matter. Like today in context, does it matter to is Patrick Mahomes the greatest? Well, I mean, my God, when you're chasing Brady in championships, it's going to take a long time to know that. But every single trip to the Super Bowl is such a rare, special moment that you got to look at it and say a win in the Super Bowl certainly changes the way in 10 years we will talk about Patrick Mahomes like it or not like the record yeah. in the Super Bowl is going to be part of that equation well also you don't never know when you're going to get back to a Super Bowl right so you can't take it for granted and just say because I'm Patrick Mahomes or we have Patrick Mahomes we're going to get there sometimes it might not work like that because does a little bit of luck have to play into it yes what if your team gets injured the following year or the year after that you know what I'm saying? Th circumstances may change around your football team, but here's something else. One more thing, one more quick thing before we go to break, Fitz, that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. When the Eagles get their run game going, they control the time of possession. If you can control the time of possession if you're the Eagles, that's another way to keep Patrick Mahomes off the football field. That's why I think it's going to be very imperative that they convert third downs because you don't know how long the Eagles and if your defense is going to be able to stop their run game. That's included with Jalen Hurts. Can I just say, too, one of the craziest things about this Philly situation when you mentioned the run game? Like, we know Jalen Hurts' legs are going to be great in this. We have no idea how Jalen Hurts is going to play in a Super Bowl, too. Like, I think that's yep. one of the most exciting things when you see a young player in that. Like, is it a rise moment? Is it a collapse moment? Like, that's going to be such a huge part of what we're keeping an eye on because his legs are going to be great, but his arm is going to have to be great, too, for them to win the game. We all know that the game isn't over till it's over, so next time your car breaks down, don't call it quits. Just head to eBay Motors. They've got 122 million parts to take your car into overtime. I don't even know how you count 122 million parts. I don't know where 122 billion parts fit. I just know they've got 122 million parts. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Speaking of, let's ride. One coach is sending the perfect message to his quarterback. We'll tell you why next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Let's ride. Adam Schefter reporting that the Broncos and Saints have reached a deal on compensation for Sean Payton. They understand this has to fix Russell Wilson. They hired Sean Payton because he's really freaking good. Who needs draft picks when you've got Sean Payton? Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Adam Schefter reporting that the Broncos and Saints have reached a deal on compensation for Sean Payton. After the firing of Nathaniel Hackett, he was my number one target for the Broncos. They understand this has to fix Russell Wilson. Is this the guy that can almost push a big reset button on a quarterback's career? And I think it's the guy. They hired Sean Payton because he's really freaking good. Who needs draft picks when you've got Sean Payton?
You know, there are certain songs. I'm taking us off the rails before we get anywhere because this one is one of them. <laughs> I was texting a buddy of mine a couple of weeks ago when this came on. There are certain songs that when they come on, you no longer sing the way you usually sing. Like, I call it Axl Rosing. Like, anytime somebody at a karaoke bar decides they're going to sing Guns N' Roses, they try to sound like Axl Rose. Anytime anybody tries to sing Regulate, like, there's just this... Like, any Warren G song in general, like, everybody suddenly feels like they sound this cool. Nobody does! Well, Nate Dogg, too, though, because uh, R.I.P. to Nate Dogg, man, oh, yeah. was phenomenal. But guess what, though, Fitz? The next stop is the East Side Hotel. Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> it's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're also on the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80. You can watch us in the ESPN app, too, having a good time. Uh, I, I We'll get to Sean Payton in a second. I know we've been talking about Sean Payton for an hour, but i got to ask you a pressing question, Harry, because yesterday on our the podcast that you can get uh, also wherever you get your podcast, we had a little conversation. I'm having a Super, a Super Bowl shindig this weekend, right? So so a buddy hit me up during the break uh, that works here and asked about wings because there's a really famous place right next to campus, uh, J. Tim's. J. Timothy's been on food TV a bunch for their wings, right? But you got to order their wings for Super Bowl weekend like months in advance. So Super Bowl's totally sold out. But apparently he has in the past picked up a frozen wing pack on Friday. So you can pick up the frozen wings, keep them, and then they give you the instructions on how to heat them. And he's like, yeah, they're pretty good. It's not quite as good, but it's almost as good. So uh, like, I, I think I'm going to go pick up frozen wings. But as a wing connoisseur down in, in Georgia, is that okay? Like, can I, can I, do I have to tell everybody that I got the wings, they were frozen, and then I reheated them? Do I just put them out and presume no one knows? Or do I avoid frozen wings altogether, go to a lesser wing place and get the fresh ones? You better go to a lesser wing place and get the fresh one. No, I would. No, uh, I would bet. Evan, Evan is in on this. I would bet oh J Tim's frozen wings are a thousand times better than any other place's fresh wings. Like, oh, that's, a, that's a thing for people who love wings. In which down south we are known for our chicken wings. Hell, by my house, I probably have nine chicken wing spots that I can go to and choose to get wings from. How many of them you can see? you go in if you're under eighteen? I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm sorry. I had to. I, you know, look, I'm going to crack myself well, up. Well, well, let's just say this, man. My boy Lou Will, not the only person who go to Magic City to get wings, baby. So I, go, I go in that bad boy, too, to get wings. Oh my He's not God. the only one. I think it's funny when I moved to Connecticut and everybody's like, no, J. Tim's is really famous for their wings. They've been on food TV a bunch. Then I went. And it's really good. And I was like, I oh my God, they, they, they deserve those for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that, on Saturday when we was doing the college football show together, yeah. you brought them and they were really, really good. But I will say this. I think for an event like that, the fresh wings uh, versus the frozen wings is the right right way to go. Uh, what I might do is get both. Like get a pack of the frozen, get a pack of the fresh, and then we'll do like an Instagram live of everything back and oh, forth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, my, my words might be a little slurred by that point, but we'll try it. I can't speak to why, <laughs> just because I'll be very tired. Uh, Sean Payton, not tired. He's wide awake. He is the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. We all know that. But there was an interesting question uh, laid out to him, and, and it wasn't just about Russ. It was about the situation around Russ. Check this out. You'll hear the question and coach's response. Coach, uh, Russell Wilson had a personal coach, Jake Heaps, in the building with access who wasn't on the staff. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with that. Right, how do you feel about um, players having their own people off the staff in the building access to players? Yeah, that's foreign to me. That That's not going to take place here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it, but our staff will be here, our players will be here, and that'll be it. 
HD, you ever have a quarterback bring a personal coach into the locker room while you guys were working on a season? No, I I haven't. Not when I was in Tennessee, not when I was with the Atlanta Falcons. And I, I would even go as far as saying me and Matt Ryan came in the same year in 2008. Um, there were times when we did team activities, and you probably know your damn quarterback shouldn't be with you, but the fact that he wanted to team build and – you know, let the guys know that he's there for them 100% or there for us. He did some things. Now, did he stay a long periods of time? No. But he showed up and did things with us to let, to let all of us know that we're going to be in unison. We're going to do things together. Uh, there's not, it's not going to be any, um, you know, special treatment uh, amongst him. Uh, it, but Matt Ryan, man, he understood that. He understood what it took uh, to be a great teammate, to, to, to be the franchise quarterback. And I, I thank him for that. It's interesting to me because it speaks to why Sean Payton is the perfect hire here. And I believe part of the reason Sean Payton is the perfect hire is because you can tell in his tone of everything that it's not a, oh, we're going to talk to Russ or, you know, I'll keep that between Russ and I. It's very, that's foreign to me. That's not what's going to happen. They needed at some point somebody that would come in and be dogmatic from from day one and say, this is how it's going to be. This is the way I do things. Now, uh, I think that's the only shot you got with Russ because you've you've been in a situation where Russ, according to multiple reports, has sort of overstepped so many ways of, of what he expected in that locker room. Now, uh, not being in the locker room, we don't know the exact nuance of it, Harry, but it feels like you need a coach that's going to come in and be like, hey, this is exactly how I'm going to run it. This is why I'm going to run it this way. And everybody's going to have to be on board with that and and it's it's win-win for the Broncos if Russ isn't on board with it you need to find out right now and the only way you can get the best out of him is to try and get him on board but if he isn't you still don't need to placate to him and suddenly like turn around and try and make it his world newsflash for everyone who didn't understand this when Sean Payton got the head coaching job for the Denver Broncos y'all gonna do things Sean Payton's way and when you haven't made the playoffs since 2015 if you're the Denver Broncos you don't really have any pushback you really don't because the way y'all have been doing things in Denver has not been the correct way and it hasn't led to you guys going to the playoffs. So now you have a guy in Sean Payton who has done it on the biggest stage, who's had success in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. He got Drew Brees, who, you know, a lot of people said his arm wasn't going to be able to be efficient in the National Football League. He got Drew Brees back uh, on the right stages, along with Drew Brees being that guy to put the work in. Those two guys together, and I've seen it with my own eyes, Fitz, because I played against them twice a year for seven years. Everything they did was in unison. They walked. They danced. They, they damn salsa danced together. They was all in rhythm with one another. But that's how I think Russell Wilson and Sean Payton are going to have to be. And Russ has to understand this. He's coming off his worst year at the quarterback position. His worst year uh, with one of the worst offenses in the National Football League in 2022. At some point, you got to look in the mirror and say, you know what, we got to do things this way. And it might be tough early on because he is used to having, you know, the easygoing coach. Nathaniel Hackett was a first-year head coach last year. Pete Carroll's more on the positive side. But I got news flash for Russ. Sean Payton, when you F up, Sean Payton going to tell you, and it might not be the way you want to hear it, but you're going to have to suck it up, and he's going to treat everyone the same, the same on that football team and hold everyone accountable as well. It's a reminder to – who the voice is going to be. And look, as much as I said as we were coming into the segment, let's ride. Like that (laughs) cliche became exactly that, right? Like it just seemed to rub people the wrong way. And and everybody wants to roll their eyes around it. And, you know, I look at that and I say, man, sometimes tone matters. And when when you've set a tone out that's lost a locker room, again, what do I know? I'm 5'9", 165. I don't know anything about a locker room. But I do know about a tour bus. 
And when you're sitting on a tour bus together in that close quarters and you're living together for months, that tone can lose a whole bunch. You can lose friends much faster than you can make them. You can lose trust faster than you can make trust in close quarters when you're all together. And it feels like Russ lost that trust somewhere. So now it's like the only way he can come back in line is to be the right quarterback for Sean Payton and sort of grow that back piece by piece, if that makes sense. Well, I'll say first, you've got to be the right teammate. Because some of the things that I've seen transpire on the football field when Russ was missing throws and things weren't going right from an offensive standpoint, I've seen bad body language from defensive players. I've seen bad body language from tight ends and wide receivers and mm. running backs. And that's just not a good look if you're Russell Wilson and supposed to be the leader of a football team, but everyone's looking at you like, how in the hell is he our leader? We don't even respect him. That says more than anything to me. Now, Russ has to get back to the point to where he can gain everyone in that locker room's trust along with his head coach, Sean Payton, whoever he brings in as an OC, but we do know Sean Payton will be the person to call the plays, but also management, general manager-wise, everyone. He has to earn everyone's trust moving forward because what transpired last year is just, it's just not it. Fitz and Harry is presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. All right, we will get back to all the football action you need, including your calls on Dak. But LeBron will break Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record as soon as possibly tonight. But once that's over, should it be the beginning of the end for LeBron in L.A.? We'll explain it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. LeBron is now second all-time. LeBron James' first shot is good. I've just gotten better with every facet of my game. Hooks the pass, gets it to James. Here's a three for the win. Good! It is good! It's never been a, a goal of mine. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I have not set out to do that. It wasn't like a goal of mine when I entered the league. LeBron James' first shot is good. He can score. Over the course of my career, I've just gotten better with every facet of my game. LeBron is now second all-time. Looks to pass. Gets it to James. Here's a three for the win. Good! It is good! Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for left. Oh, by James! It's never been a, a goal of mine. LeBron could set the all-time scoring mark tonight. The question is, if he does, should the Lakers actually consider moving on from the King? Fitz and Harry, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz tonight. NBA action. The Lakers host the Thunder, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. And HC, like, first and foremost... I would love for LeBron to set the record tonight because if he doesn't set it tonight, likely it would be Thursday night against Milwaukee. I have to host SportsCenter on Snapchat. That's going to be a very late night. Uh, I've got an early morning Friday. Like so, if the King could help me out and get 37 tonight, you know that would be that would that would be the ultimate goal. Like 36 tonight, that would be the ultimate goal. If he could go out there and set that tonight, it makes my work night much lighter. But hear me out. All, all me aside here. Hear me out. For the Lakers, they're not going anywhere. We spent how much time talking about the fact that the Lakers really aren't good enough to compete for a championship. LeBron's still playing so well. At some point, we keep saying, well, what's the point for LeBron with the Lakers? But isn't it fair to say what's the point for the Lakers with LeBron? Well, I think it's it's fair to look at it both ways. 
right? It, because when I look at this, ba uh, this basketball team, I look at the four years LeBron James has been there, right? And we kind of touched on this a little bit yesterday. They've had three failing seasons within the four years that he's been there. They won the championship the 2019-2020 season, but the year before that, they missed the playoffs. The year after winning the finals, they lost in the first round, and then the year after losing in the first round, they missed the playoffs that year. Right now, they're sitting in the 12 or 13 seed, I believe, in the Western Conference. Now, when I look at them and I look at you know, the, the West right now, the West isn't as strong as you, you, you would see the East. The East is a, is a juggernaut, and you, you're going to have to fight and claw to get out of there. Uh, when I look at Denver, do I see the Lakers potentially beating the Denver Nuggets? And I know a lot of people may say if they're matched up in the, fir in, in the first round, yes. I personally don't think so. Um, I, I look at the Denver Nuggets this year. They are 2-2 two and two versus the Los Angeles Lakers. But I, first of all, I can't bank on Anthony Davis, number one, being healthy during that time. I think the track, the track record the last few years has showed us that if you count on Anthony Davis being healthy, you're, you're basically betting to lose your money because that hasn't been the case. Uh, also, outside of LeBron James and outside of Anthony Davis, who else is going to give you, who is going to be that third guy to give you what you need? And I know Russell Westbrook is playing a little bit better, but I don't think Russ is that guy that's going to be able to give you, you know, that third option like we see with other teams. That's where it gets difficult because what did I say yesterday? And we clipped it off, and you can follow, by the way, at HDouglas83, at Jason Fitz. That's how you follow us uh, on social media. And, you know, they clipped it off yesterday, me saying that the Lakers are done. They have no shot at a championship. And it just makes me think right now, uh, because I can't bank on Anthony Davis to be healthy, and because they don't have enough weapons to compete with the Celtics, to compete with the Bucks, to compete with the best of the best. And, and that's what they're judged on. Like, LeBron at this point is judged on championships. Well, if you're not going to win a championship with LeBron, at some point you just got to start over. At some point you got to rip the Band-Aid off. And LeBron's still playing at such a high level that there's still value for him for a lot of teams. So, like, in some sense, it makes sense in my mind if I'm the Lakers to say, hey, why don't you explore where you want to go? We'll make sure that we do whatever we can to make it happen. You go somewhere else where you can win a championship right now, and we can start building towards a championship. It's actually a win-win because all they're doing right now is beating their head up against the wall. All they're doing right now is repeating the same thing over and over again. I don't think there's any chance that the Lakers can win a championship this year, right? And so they'd need a lot of things to break right this summer to suddenly make them a championship team next year. If this entire championship window is past the Lakers by, the Lakers historically have then figured out a new way to start a new window. I don't think you can do that with LeBron. Yeah, and I also think LeBron James needs to sit down and say to himself, okay, who could we potentially get free agency-wise? Because Russell, Wels uh, Russell Westbrook, his contract is over after this year, right? Right. Because he, he opted into, what, what was it, like $40 million? Ooh, jeez. $40 million, I believe. Uh, so he's not going to be on the books next year. Who else, as a third option, are you going to be able to go get a Kyrie Irving? Because if you're able to go get a Kyrie Irving, then okay, I'm saying LeBron James stay right there. Because I would, even though this is going to sound crazy, I trust a LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Kyrie Irving more so making a title run versus the way it's constructed right now. Because now you have three guys that are bona fide scores. Uh, within two of them, Anthony Davis being a shot blocker and LeBron James, I'm pretty sure if you're, if you're playing at a championship level, he's going to stiffen up his defense as well. But LeBron right now is averaging 30 points, eight and a half rebounds and seven assists. But if any moment the LeBron sees the, the, the writing on the wall that the Lakers cannot get another guy in there to be that third wheel to pair him up with Anthony Davis, 
then at some point he has to say, what am I doing here as well? Uh, well, and there's this moment for me. Look, LeBron's infallible right now. The way he's playing basketball right yeah. now is a beautiful thing to watch. He is, you know, 4,732 years old. So don't Google it. That's a fact. So, like, uh, my point is going into next year, he's old. Anthony Davis plays, like, one out of every 87 games. Also, don't Google it. That's a fact. Uh, And this is a fact. Kyrie has played 55% of the time of the games that he was available for, for the Nets for a lot of different reasons. But... Man, you are taking a huge gamble at that point. If you yep. if you're betting on those three, you're right. If you get all three on the court and they stay healthy the whole time, that's delightful. But it's not that long ago that I sat there and said, "Man, KD and Kyrie together, oh, put Harden with them." What? Now I'm sitting here saying, "Let's learn from our past mistakes." Like I hear you, but yep. I think there's such a young crop of NBA teams that have come up together that are playing so well. Uh, so much has to break right at this point for the Lakers you, to continue. You, you want to know the difference between the Brooklyn Nets and the Lakers is that Kyrie didn't do it previously with those guys. He done it previously with LeBron James. You know what I mean? And Le- LeBron fair. James, a lot of people put him in the same context as Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is still my number one. LeBron is my number two. But when you do have a guy that has the basketball IQ like LeBron James and then Kyrie Irving realizing that he did mess up, leaving you know the Cavaliers and – Those guys still have a strong relationship to this day. I can bank on – I trust LeBron James with Kyrie Irving more so than I do Kyrie Irving with anyone else. I trust LeBron in any situation. Unfortunately, I just don't know, and this is what I've been saying for a long time on radio, for almost two years, my question to every basketball analyst has been, how the Lakers get out of the situation they're in? And the answer is always, they don't. And unfortunately, that's what we've seen materialize. So a lot would have to break right for them to make it work. In the meantime, from one goat to another, every single person that's ever listened to Sports Talk Radio has had the debate of Brady versus Belichick. What if I told you we've now heard from both of them and they've answered the debate? You'll hear it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Chasing history. James steps back deep to hits at the horn. LeBron James continues chasing the all-time scoring leader Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Absolutely nasty. The countdown, the reaction, and the very latest as he storms toward 38,388. Right here on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I will bet you any amount of money this dude is done done. It's time to move on. I do believe that he's done. Probably does look at the Bucks. With all due respect, do I believe that I can win a championship there next year? We lost one of the great ones, you know, but it's time and there's nothing left to do for him. I think Brady versus Belichick has become the endless sports talk conversation. Everybody in their bar is having it with their buddies. Who was better? Did they need each other? How? Who succeeded because of who? We've broken it down from a million different angles. But now we've heard from Brady and Belichick about Brady and Belichick. 
and it is the absolute definition of how we should handle it moving forward. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Uh, Steve Wilkes, by the way, some breaking news uh, that is in Steve Wilkes has accepted the defensive coordinator position for San Francisco. So, Harry, uh, a coach that uh, I think many of us thought might get a shot in Carolina where he was the interim coach, he did not get that. But now he goes to a place where the last two defensive coordinators have found their way to head coaching roles. Obviously, he's replacing D'Amico Ryans, who goes to the Texans. Feels like a great hire for the 49ers to get somebody that's well-respected as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, I think it's a phenomenal hire, and I'm happy for Steve Wilkes, especially because now he definitely will have an opportunity to become a head coach again in the National Football League. Uh, he has some players over there, and he's going to be able to put those guys in the right positions like D'Amico Ryans did, like also Robert Sala was able to do. So looking forward to him getting a head coaching, uh, another head coaching job. If it's not next year, then in two years. Uh, going to be interesting to keep an eye on. In the meantime, we are, we're all keeping an eye on literally everything Tom Brady says and does. That's just the way it goes. But he was on the well, line. Hold on, hold on. First, can we say this? Yes. Tom Brady with his little, you know, taking his little selfie in the mirror, co- covering, covering up his jewels too. I was like, Tom. I mean. What are uh, we doing? My guy, my guy <laughs> is single and my guy is rich. Also, he's Tom Brady. Like, if I like, do you just walk in? What's that life like? You just walk into the bars in Florida, and you're like, "Hey, I'm Tom." And then you just sit there and, and like you. Just, oh, you don't. Have, he don't have. To, he doesn't have to say he's Tom. They uh, yeah, know he's I mean, Tom. I mean now. that that's probably fair. Yeah, yeah they like, know he's Tom. He just walks in, sits in a little like isolated. Yeah, look, if, Baskin it, Robbins, baby, uh, all flavors. Uh, I want I mean, you, 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 you. <laughs> oh God! Like uh, the irony of you saying Baskin Robbins when we know he hasn't had ice cream in way too. Like I hope my guy finds some ice cream enjoyment right now. But he he's being very very blunt when it comes to his partnership with Bill Belichick. It's important because we've all had the conversation. Oh Brady Belichick, who's better? Who needs who more? He was very clear about it on the Let's Go podcast. This is what he said about his partnership with Coach. I think for me, there's nobody I'd rather be associated with, and I think that from my standpoint. I think it's always such a stupid conversation to say, you know, Brady versus Belichick, because in my mind, that's not what partnerships are about. Coach couldn't play quarterback and I couldn't coach. And I think the best part about the best part about football is, and coach says it a lot, do your job. And he asked me to play quarterback. He didn't ask me to coach. And, you know, I didn't want him playing quarterback. I just wanted him to coach. <laughs> I'd seen him throw, so he definitely wasn't playing quarterback. Uh, should be noted that they were together in the room for the podcast. But, I mean, Harry, he's saying it very clearly there. You mentioned earlier, like, seeing a great coach and a great quarterback when they're lockstep, like you saw with, with Breeze and Peyton, right? Like, you get two guys in the same on the same page. That's what you get. I'm probably bad for sitting about to say what I'm about to say. Look at Tom out here giving us this relationship advice. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But shout out to Tom because I think he is right, though. And – uh, I'll give you my experience from, number one, when I was with the Falcons, we had joint practices against the New, uh, New England Patriots. They actually came to Atlanta, and we practiced against them for about two or three days. And just watching those two guys and orchestrate things and how the offense was, it, it was phenomenal to watch. So much to the point to where those guys had such a great relationship that my head coach wanted to have that same relationship with Matt Ryan because he's seen how strong of a relationship Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick had. So – their relationship is trying to be duplicated by a lot of people in the National Football League. Now, are they going to come out and say that? They probably won't. But when you have two guys that were able to win six Super Bowls together, right, and do it at the highest level every year they, 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 they were together, 
I think that's something to be said for. Yeah, well, and to me, we got to stop having the, you know, who needed who more conversation and start acknowledging we might be looking, well, we are looking at clearly the best tandem we've ever seen, coaching quarterback. Like, let's start, instead of trying to pit one against each other, let's make it the best duo we've ever seen. The best dynamic duo of all time is Belichick and Brady. And and to that end, even Belichick spoke on it. Again, the same podcast, the Let's Go podcast. He was asked uh, a little bit about what made Brady so coachable, and this is what he said. That was as much a part of Tom as it was me, you know, because there were a couple meetings, uh, you know, where I would say something to Tom after the meeting, like, hey, you know, I didn't really, you know, think that was that bad, but I just want to include you and everybody in there with everybody else. And Tom would say, coach, you have to, if you don't yell at me, then what am I going to do with all the rest of my teammates? I got to be in there with all the rest of them and say, hey, he's yelling at all of us. And like, we all got to do better. But if you leave me out of it, then I don't really have a platform to work from. So, yeah, go ahead and rip my ass, too. Go ahead. And players <laughs> always, they always come back to me and say, hey, the first meeting, Belichick got on Brady. I'm like, Christ, if he's going to talk to Brady like that, like, I better be straight. I, you know, I know what's going to happen to me. Uh, it speaks to the tandem, right? And one thing, Harry, I, I hosted yep. – uh, some digital shows we did in reaction to Man in the Arena, which forced me to relive some very painful Tuck Rule memories. But one thing that really stood out to me is the first Super Bowl, he talked about, Brady talked about being in the tunnel, jumping up and down. And I think it might have been Teddy came up to him and grabbed him and was just, just grabbed him by the shoulders, looked him in the eyes and was like, I don't need this version of Tom Brady. I need you to be you. And he heard that. And then he also told a story about uh, when he was out there partying, he was the, the cemented starter. He wasn't taking care of his body. And Willie McGinnis came to him and said, man, you've got to take care of yourself for this team. And that born TB12. Like, not everybody is is made to listen the way Tom Brady was. No, you said it the nice way. You know Tom was out there in them streets, baby. Oh, yeah, he, he was, was out, out there, there in them streets. And Willie McGinnis had to let him know, hey, we you can't be in the streets like this. But I, I love that these two guys uh, – are able to sit down in the same room and do a podcast because it it also lets you know it wasn't as much friction as a lot of people may have thought it was when Tom departed. So that's why I think this is very valuable, and I, and I, I love every bit of it. Yeah, it shows you that sometimes we love the soap opera, but the actual facts are there in front of us, mm-hmm. and the facts are this dynamic duo is better than any dynamic duo we've ever seen before and probably better than any we'll get to ever see again. Speaking of dynamic duos, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts are the dynamic duo we all have our eyes on in the Super Bowl, but we'll tell you why Hurts winning could change the NFL forever. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 